What's up, everybody? Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy, episode 50. This is The Rock, directed by Michael Bay, 1996. We're going to give you all the action, the pulse-pounding, non-stop adrenaline thrill ride action right now. Stick around. We'll see you in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Welcome to the Rock. Welcome to the Rock. This is episode fifty. Holy shit! We've done fifty episodes of Action Movie Anatomy. How did that happen? Oh my god! You guys have put up with us talking for like eighty hours. It's a lot of hours. We've t- yeah, we've just done it to yeah. the nines. You guys know our jokes. You know about Diane Lane. You know about Warrior. You know about Alicia Vikander. Yeah, that's fantastic, guys. We made it a whole year. Um, so. First and foremost, we should let everybody know that this is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network. If you don't know what the show is, we talk action movies here. The Popcorn Talk Network is the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. And I'm the host of the show, Ben Bateman, with my co-host and co-creator, Mr. Andrew Guy. What's up, everybody? I am so excited. Like, waiting 50 episodes to do our favorite, like, one of our favorite action movies, I'm dying. I'm excited to be here. Andrew Guy. Find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter. Let's do this thing. I'm at Ben Bateman Bateman Media. I'm too excited to even keep a straight face, keep my voice straight. Uh, We, the podcast itself is actually on Twitter as well, at AMA Podcast. And, uh, and, And then the last thing I should just say is that we have Mr. Mark Donica, who's up in the booth, who's keeping us company. Donica, you want to say a quick hello? Hey, everybody. At home. Yeah, man. He's the greatest. He uh, hosts Video Game Movie Anatomy, which is a lot like our show, except for it focuses on video games specifically being turned into movies, and it's a great show. So yeah. go check yeah, him out. Yeah, we just did Double Dragon. It was a fun show. Oh, God, such a good movie. Do you know who wrote the movie Double Dragon? Who wrote the movie Double Dragon, baby? Peter Gould, the creator of Better Call Saul. This yes, is true. This is true. Did. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, so uh, so anyway, guys, this is The Rock, Michael Bay's masterpiece from 1996. We're going to be giving you the, the full inside-out discussion of this movie and, uh, and all the awesome things to go along with that, all the games we like to play, mm-hmm. and uh, we just want to take a quick second, though, to let everybody know, um, and this is going to be a cheers moment, so if you don't have liquid in front of you to drink, I'm going to give you just 30 seconds here while we chat, go get yourself some of the drink, because we're going to do a cheers, and we want to cheers with you for tuning in to watch this episode, because 50 is a big deal. It's uh, a big deal, man. I checked our view count this morning on the full show's history, uh-huh. so every video we've ever put up, and this is just video numbers, mind you. We're at 4.74 million total views on this show right That's now. That's just video. That's just video. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's crazy. I love you people. I don't know how <laughs> you stand us. It's just amazing. It's unbelievable. That's. I mean, I don't know if they think they're getting the movie and not us. <laughs> yeah, right. They're sorely disappointed. Uh, but it's happened. Whatever's happened has happened nearing 5 million times. So... That's insanity. Uh, we feel very fortunate. It's one of the brightest parts of the whole week. We get to come in Absolutely. here and laugh about our favorite things. This movie today is a movie that we've been talking about literally since the first episode. We've been talking about this movie since the beginning of our friendship. Yes. This is like the movie that I think when we do the categories at the end of the show and about movies that fit the middle category, I think this has been the example since episode one. And we've never seen or it's never been on the show. Yeah, we've just been it's waiting. It's also been your example for the tagline. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. We just we won't be doing tagline today because this is the tagline. Yeah, exactly. A slam bang action thriller. <laughs> uh, so anyway, guys, this is gonna be a quick cheers. A cheers to everybody involved. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, cheers to, Donica. To Kevin Undergaro and Marie Menounos for for starting this studio and providing us the space. A cheers to Stephen Lemieux, the executive producer, for helping us get the show off the ground. To all of the wonderful guests we've had over the course of the year. To all of the wonderful fans. To uh, Master Recaster Brian Hurst for giving us the shout out on. Boy. 
Yeah, to Axel, who is his, his co-host on their action movie or on their movie show, to every one of the fans that has ever tweeted it at us, thank you to everybody. We feel very fortunate to do this, and we hope to keep doing it for another 50 at least. Absolutely. So. I, you, you covered it all. You covered all the bases, man. I yeah. could not agree with you more. Thank you, guys. So here we are. Action movie anatomy. The Rock. The Rock. <laughs> uh, so what we do here, guys, is we talk action movies. And if this is your first time tuning into the show, those action movies, aside from being made after 1981, usually adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one is that the hero always plays by their own rules. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you, in the room. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. And of course, rule number four, there's at least one explosion. When we came up with the concept for the show... This was one of the movies that we had in mind. Yep. So it goes without saying that every one of these rules is covered. Perfectly. Uh, perfectly. Like, just dead on. You even have two heroes that are the smartest people in the room. Yeah, and just in villain. different ways. Yeah. They're yeah. like, this is like the classic, like, buddy cop or, like, lethal weapon scenario where they complement each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have two halves of the same hero. So uh, normally, normally, we would do something called action movie tagline after we watch the trailer. But today, just as soon as we have you guys watch the trailer with us, we're going to be doing something very special. So stick around to find out the first edition of action movie pitch. Ooh. Cue the trailer, Danica. Following is a state secret, gentlemen. Disclose it to any party and you will be subject Walmart, to prosecution. you piece of shit. Why am I not surprised, you piece of shit? <laughs> Classic. Locked him up for 30 John years Mason, and threw away the British key. National incarcerated on Alcatraz in 1962. Escaped in 63. There's no identity in the United States. I was under the impression that no one escaped from Alcatraz. <laughs> you were wrong. Hair. I wish he kept his hair. have a way of coming back to haunt you. There's a hostage situation on Alcatraz. The Rock has become a tourist attraction. 81 tourist. The Rock's a tourist attraction. <laughs> The one you train to defend you becomes Guts. your greatest threat. A battery of VX gas rockets is presently deployed to deliver a highly lethal strike on the population of the San Francisco Bay Area. And the one you abandon becomes your only hope. Oh, that's good. You go talk yeah. to him. Me? Yeah. Hiya. I'm, I'm a... an agent with the uh, <laughs> F- FBI. I'm Stanley Goodspeed. He's just wonderful. He really is. Yeah. Cage? Well, because he's still the top of his drama no. game. Yeah. He's just, he between plays the goofy role so well. Yeah. 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 Goofy frazzle. You can it's elegant string of pearls to figure out. Don't touch, touch that. Chemical freak. Back away. Back away. Chemical super freak. Actually. And another. Still need a gun. Who's been out of action for 30 years. Show us on the blueprints. I can't. My blueprints were in my head. Fortunately, some things... You never forget. I sat down there for three days in the dark, just waiting for them back to me. <laughs> just waiting for the times. <laughs> it's full bane. Uh, From Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer, the producers of Top Gun and Crimson Tide. I love that at the time Michael this came out, that was yeah, those movies were like huge, huge, hot. Crimson Tide was just the previous year. The big. We got visitors. Sean Connery. I'm sure you're ready for this. Do my best. Your best. Your best. <laughs> Losers always whine about their best. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm just a biochemist. I drive a Volvo. What beige one? So what do you say? You cut me some friggin' slack. Ed Harris. Fire. Oh. I think that Ed Harris accounts for 80% of the quality in this movie. Oh, absolutely. If not more. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he is the single driving force behind this movie being what it is. 
Like, n to take nothing away from the other characters, but like... Right, because they're still good. Yeah. He's just amazing. Yeah. This summer... Oh, my God. One of the iconic Ready. shots of all time. You say they had a cut to of Michael Bean? <laughs> the sidearm? <laughs> yeah, trailer so, was amazing. So trailer. good. It's the perfect like '96 trailer. Yeah, Actually, that's what I want. The, they they had the plane flying away from the explosion, but it was the stadium and not Alcatraz. I did. Right. I was just looking at that. I was like, huh, something looks odd there. Yeah. Well, so a lot of the plane footage in this movie, it's just Blue Angels stock footage. They didn't actually right. sh shoot any F-18s. F uh, no, they, they swapped out the Alcatraz for the stadium that missed that they missed the rocket with. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So just to make it look like oh, some crazy shit's about to happen. F-18 tech yeah. baseball game. <laughs> So uh, that was the trailer for The Rock, guys. Normally we would do something called Action Movie Tagline, but because our example Action Movie Tagline is actually on the box for The Rock, yeah. uh, thank you to... Who threw that to us? Somebody noticed that and tweeted that at us. Was it Simon oh, Pope? Might have been. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely one of our, our regular fans that was just like, everything you talk about is right here. Yeah. yeah. One of so, so one of one of you fellas, that or or gals, but I think it's a fella, that uh, I think, follows I think us on, Simon <laughs> is a fella's name. Yes. Well, I think it was Simon, but one yeah, of them yeah, was I, nice I, enough to, to snapshot and realize that we had used this as the example. We didn't even realize it. It's just, that's just how great this movie that's is. That's just how good it is. It just covers everything. So what we're going to be doing here, guys, is this is called Action Movie Pitch, and maybe this will become a new part of the show. You should let us know if you like this or not. So uh, what spinoff would happen if you were going to make a spinoff at any time period from this movie. And what this is going to be is Drew and I are each going to have 60 seconds to pitch it. So you need a title and a premise. Oh, fuck. Give as many, you can give as many details as you want. Uh, but And it doesn't have to adhere to, like, I would make it today with these current actors. You could be like, this was shot in 1972 before The Rock was ever made. Right. With this actor at this time. I mean, it has to fit into that time period, so you couldn't have, like, Tom Hardy in 1972. Mm -hmm. But you can basically make the spinoff at any time. So that is the premise here. And we each are going to have 60 seconds to pitch it. So Donica's going to start the clock. Drew's going to have to think of the name of his because clearly he didn't. I did not. Uh, <laughs> but I am going to pitch mine. Please do. You can pretend to listen while you think of your pitch now. I won't hear a word you say. <laughs> <laughs> or, if you want, you can try to pitch it without a name and see if the fans like yours more even without a name. Okay, I came up with a name. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, Donica, you want to count me in? I'll count you in. And here is Mr. Bateman's pitch in three, two, one, go. A hundred days in hell. It's the Shawshank Redemption meets James Bond. 1962, John Mason, a British national incarcerated on Alcatraz, escaped in 63. The hundred days in prison that John Mason spends before swimming the channel. He's essentially James Bond, so right. you almost get a James Bond movie here. He does escape. You get the full prison story. He, I think he's in isolation in that first year. They, don't, they kind of allude to it, but then they contradict themselves. So I think you can kind of go either way if you wanted to. But uh, it's his whole hundred days of learning the tunnel system and all of it, like getting the morgue, getting okay. the layout. His three, his, he, the first time he has to go like, through like, the fire furnace thing, swimming the channel. Then he meets Jade's mom. They have their night at the Led Zeppelin concert. Mm. Movie ends, knock, 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 door busted down, him in cuffs, taken away. Ten seconds. Taken away, 100 Days in Hell, <clears throat> starring Tom Hiddleston, made today as the star, Brian Cox as the warden. Boom! Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. My, mine follows Claire <laughs> Forlani and her friend Stacy as soon as they leave. <laughs> A pizza guy comes. No, I'm just <laughs> 
It's me. It's me. I'm the guy. You okay. love Stacy. I really love Stacy. She's Stacey. like your favorite part of the I, whole movie. She really is. She's my fist bump moment. Uh, okay, that's not bad. All right, uh, here we go. All right, Mr. Andrew Guy, in three, two, one, and go. Okay, it's the 10 year anniversary of the death of the day General Hummel and John Patrick Mason died. Even though Mason didn't really die, but he's too old now, so he's not in the picture anymore. It's 10-year anniversary of General Francis X. Hummel's death. And his son, played by Jeremy Renner, is working to complete his father's legacy. He's locked down the United Nations. How? The whole nation? Keep going. (laughs) Like the meeting of the UN. He's locked it down, and for some reason, Nick Cage is there getting an award. We don't know why. (laughs) You don't really have to explain it, but he's inside the building. Okay. Okay? And it's a sarin gas attack. His specialty. Oh. So he's inside. He's probably about like 50 at this point, right? That's how old Nick Cage is now. And he's got to work his way out with like some young, hot, uh, you know... Alicia Vikander's in it. So Nick Cage, Alicia Vikander are trapped inside the meeting of the UN. Jeremy Renner's holding it down. He wants the reparations for all the families and the Marines that died that day. What's it called? The castle. (laughs) You just made it up. I didn't. The castle. Castle. That's what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, guys, I'll be honest with you. I didn't come up with a name. (laughs) That's good, though. It's not bad. I'd watch it. It was entertaining. Yeah. I'd still watch mine first. I don't know, man. You it don't just know? seems like a boring movie to me. <laughs> okay. You guys are watching this episode, oh, and you God. particularly like action movie pitch. I mean, it's, is that kind of a bad name for this, just because we already have Yeah, we pitch? have to change the pitch. I didn't know we were going to call it that. Yeah. I just wrote it in there. We'll, we'll come up with a better name. Um, Maybe you guys can come up with a better name. How about you do the spinoff? Something. You do the spinoff. You, yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah, you do, hashtag you do the spinoff. Uh, that's what we're calling this. And maybe we'll bring the segment back. I don't know. We'll see if anybody likes it. Any any, any chat chat comments? Nice. Someone <laughs> said, as soon as I said Vikander, they were sold. They've got a point for me. <laughs> Sean Connery with the long hair is cool. Da, da, da. Prison Break with Sean Connery. They, 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 they like that. There's yeah. a couple people that like that. Not as good as mine, but not, not bad. Not as good as The Castle. The Castle coming in 2018. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston, is that a bad choice? No, I like him. I like him. I really want to see that the night manager. The night manager, yeah, yeah I think it's going to be good, and I think he could play a really like a solid like British sort of you know like, yeah yeah he'd be good. All right, guys, so that was uh, action movie pitch or you do the spinoff as we're calling it. Uh, next, we're going to get into something one of our favorite segments, a segment we've done on the show since day one, or maybe we added this like week three or something. It's Fist- pretty. It's it's been around for a long time. Fist pump might have been right at the beginning. Fist pump was number one. Um, so this is that moment when you're watching a movie uh, and something happens and you just kind of look around and you're just like, holy shit, that was so awesome. I, I need to tell someone. Are you seeing this right now? Is anybody seeing this right now? Yeah. Make a phone call to your buddy. This is just, this movie, like I can't even, this whole, I mean, one of our fans even said it. The whole movie is a fist pump moment. There's like very few moments in this thing where you're just kind of like, it's You're a pul- not hundred percent in. It's a pulse pounding non-stop adrenaline thrill ride. It really I mean, is. There's no question. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the definition of one. Yeah, like it never stops. We used to I think we've said we've talked about this on the show before. We used to know a bartender, uh, who is no longer a bartender. I think he's actually working in sound again. But when we met him, uh, he was talking about a good friend of his did the sound editing on this movie mm. and how um, he was asking and cracking up about it. And apparently he was given the direction when he was doing the sound editing on this, like, okay, so Pretty much, I just need this movie to be exciting from the first frame to the last frame. Yeah. It can never let up. Like, it has, which is why when this movie opens, it's like, 
immediately the music is dramatic it's and it's so like, good and it's like Hummel talking over it and then it's like you're hearing the guy's like I won't let you down yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah you hear like the helicopter yeah yeah it's just everything it's just exciting from the first frame so uh this movie is a tough one to have one fist pump but I mean I definitely have a bunch uh, yeah I have a bunch I'll just I'll kind of choose my my one but you go ahead and go I'm sure first. we'll talk about a lot of them yes <sighs> Man, it's so hard. Uh, I want to say it's the you're down there, we're up here, yeah. you walked in the wrong goddamn room, Commander. Yep. Which is amazing, but it, it, I think it might actually be, I miss you so much. Yeah, he's, when he starts talking at the beginning. it's it, You're immediately just invested. Ed Harris is so phenomenal. Like, he, Yeah, he just, wait, I miss you so much. And then he's like, I tried to get their attention. I tried. Yeah. Maybe this will elevate their thinking. I had, to, I had to wait. What is he? I wanted to do this, but I had to wait till yeah. you were gone or something. Like, something I couldn't do while you were around. Bro. Yes. And he, uh, he takes the Congressional Medal of Honor. And just leaves it on the leaves it on the grave because he knows he's no longer to be honorable. No, he's not. Yeah. And he's probably gonna die. And he does. And he does. Spoiler like the alert! Sweetest <laughs> death. His death is so awesome. Yeah, the death is amazing. Like through and through. Oh my God, we got to get to our, our thesis statement after this because yeah. it's yeah. yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, all right, so I'll give you that. And, and really, for me, so I was thinking about the intro is a one enormous fist bump mm-hmm. moment. And then I think the other one just is just the shower room scene in general. Just the whole thing. Because I was trying to focus on which of those moments in that scene are truly the one where I'm like, oh, my God. Because we both watched this movie as a kid maybe more than almost any other movie. Uh, yeah. Like, I've, I remember I had a friend, uh, Buddy and I, when we were like eight or something or nine because um, this movie came out in 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it was probably like 97, something like that, the year after. It was just on video. And I remember, like, I was at his house, and we watched this, and it finished. And we were like, what should we do? And we're like, do we just want to watch it again? Yeah. We just, like, put the rock on again. We started it over. And just watched it a second time. And, like, um, it's kind of like Alec Baldwin with that fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, uh, go watch our Edge episode right now. <laughs> so, uh, but like, that's because there's, and, and for that reason, the number of times I watch this movie, everything is like just emblazoned in my mind. Everything, every, like the imagery, the line delivery, the, everything. Like, there's even, okay, so here's We talked thing. more than the movie did yesterday. Yeah. And it was, yeah. So, okay, like when, when they're getting onto the island and General Hummel like walks up to those, the little girls and he's like, girls? I need yeah. you to do me a favor. I need you to take your teacher and tell her you guys need to go home right now. Get back now. on the bus and go home. Yeah. And then I later I was like, that's why he's so fucking awesome, yeah, Ben. You're like, I know. It's yeah. <laughs> that's a fist bump moment. I mean, like, j- the shot in the in the shower room scene after they're yelling. Because I think the exchange when he's like, I will not repeat that order. I cannot give that order. Uh, yeah. And then, like, the, let go of me. Yeah. Let, let, let me go. go. Yeah. yeah. And he goes up there, headshot. Or uh, what about, um, what about uh, fucking when Hummel is like, we blocked. They called it. Yeah. Mission's over. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there, here's another one for you, because I'm just rambling. I can't decide. It doesn't one. matter. We, that's <laughs> all we're going to do for the next hour is just ramble. <laughs> the scene where Michael Bean, during during the thing, is like on the ground, and it cuts to him for a second, and he's crawling, and he pulls the sidearm, and he's like... <sighs> right? That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but I think... There's a quote that I posted on the Twitter this morning, and it's Hummel when he's addressing the troops when you first meet him, and he says, uh, "Let me let me read it exactly. We have we have achieved our position oh, through. Yeah. What's he say? Here, I got it right here. Um, it, and it's like it's because I love I love. He's like this is the first this this is a campaign dating back to Tet sixty eight for Colonel Baxter and I yeah. or uh, Major Baxter Major and I, Baxter right? yeah yeah. And then he's like, and these guys cut their teeth under me in Desert Storm. So he says." 
We have achieved our position through poise, precision, and audacity. To this, we must now add resolve. You're like, who talks like that? Ed Harris General, General Hummel, Hummel talks does, yeah. like that. Oh, my God. Just unbelievable. It's been the greatest honor of... <laughs> yeah, it's been the greatest honor of my career. Sir, General. 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 Uh, As I said, it's up. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um, what about the what about the flares? Oh my god, yeah. Just a shot from behind the flares. That's the most iconic moment in this whole movie. Yeah. Um we see great smoke, we wait for the cavalry. And it, like, does that play for a second? I think he hears the sound bite or something like that just before that happens. Right. And then but yeah, like it's like the rat it's like the, the F-18s fly over him. It's like ah! what the fuck is- You want me to stick this into my fucking heart? Oh my god. That guy. Oh, all right. So those are the fifty fist pump moments that yeah. we have off the top of our head. This is like the only movies I could think of that collectively we would like spooge all over the walls. I don't know what that means. I don't want to know what that means. <laughs> uh, more talking about them. I think it would be like Then Warrior. Boogie Nights, Warrior, The Rock. Those are probably Those are the, the top three. three movies that we would lose at the most. Yeah, um, I don't think there's another movie that like collectively we're as on board with. Though Magnolia, I think you're becoming more. And very, more I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I love Magnolia. I love Paul Thomas and I love Tom Cruise. Um, Donica, do you have a fist pump moment that we didn't mention? I mean, there, like you said, there's too many, but one that comes to mind is, uh, what do you think of Rocket Man? Yeah, because that's you. Is that you? You're the Rocket Man. You're the Rocket Man. <laughs> Too good. Uh, <laughs> Most of Cage's dialogue. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> well, gosh, a lot's happened since then. <laughs> um, so, the next thing that we have is our bold thesis statement. We usually do this before fist pump, but we're just too excited. We had to. We had to talk fist pump. Uh, the bold thesis statement is it's it's a very true. Very true statement. Something that's you know rooted in hyperbole. It's not like this is my favorite this or this is like the, my favorite moment in this movie or this is a really great performance. It's like this is the greatest this. This is the only time this has ever happened. This is the best example of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So that think, being said, yeah. So because we were talking about our, our thesis statements, yeah, and like it's the first time it's been the same exactly. And it was coming. It was like coming here. I called you and I was like, so I think I want to go with. This is my thesis statement, and this is going to be a cue to later in the show. It's kind of spoiling something now, but I was like, General Hummel is the greatest action movie villain of all time. Oh, absolutely. Not even a question. That was my exact response on the phone. And that was just like, I was like, that's my thesis. Oh, well, that's my thesis, Yeah, that was mine, too. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing else about this movie that is as, like, even if you were to say this is Michael Bay's greatest movie, which is an argument you could have, even that matters so much less than the fact that he is clear, like... The guy that's number one on my list right now is Hans Gruber. Mm-hmm. And Bodhi from Point Break's number two. And Bodhi, I know irrationally, I'm like a little bit, I'm like a little high on him. Like right. most people wouldn't have him as high as me. He's a classic, but like Gruber is like arguably. I mean, that's, yeah, everyone goes to Hans Gruber as like the greatest action movie villain. He's like the gold standard. And yeah. like for me, as amazing as Gruber is, because as much as I love the Hans Gruber moments, and I do, Watching Hummel again yesterday, I was just like, he steals every single scene he's in, and he just makes me want to watch the scene again. I'm on his side more than anyone else in the whole movie. Yeah, and he's so noble. He's so noble and just honorable, and he's he's just he's just doing this for everyone. He's not doing this for himself. No, he's doing it for honor. For, for all honor for yeah. all of his fallen. Ah, yeah, he's the greatest <laughs> in his speeches and. I didn't have a dad. I, yeah. I, just, I just really looked up to him. 
Yeah, it's the. I mean, my, the other one that I was going to do was that this is Michael F- Bay's greatest film. Um, but no, it's General Hummel is the greatest action movie villain of all time. Yeah, I mean the ones you know. I, I wish I had the exact, like my exact top five in front of me because the ones that are even in the conversation for me, like I think what comes to mind is like Agent Smith is high on the list for me from from Matrix. He's really good. I know that Owen Davian is high for me. You got Bodie. I know uh, Hans Bodie Damien. Yeah. Or yeah, Owen Davian. It looks like uh, this is action movie villains. I'm on the right here. So, uh, General, yeah, Hummel, Hans Gruber, Bodie, Agent Smith, Owen Davian. Oh yeah, Tavington. I have his number oh, six. Tavington is so sweet. <laughs> yeah, the T1000. So the Queen Alien. I mean, these are classic villains, but every single one of them. The only like for me, it goes like this: Gruber and Ed Harris are neck and neck. Like they're to, right. they're as close to both being number one as possible. But if I was gonna edge one out. I'd put Harris as one, but then like personal preference makes it so that Bodie is like almost falls as like number two for me in some ways, but it's just hard. I have to put him at three. So I, the reason that I had to put him at number one is because like, so my, my next closest is Commodus from Gladiator and he is just, did you not have your one before this? No, I didn't. Commodus was the highest at number three. I still don't have a number two. Um, Commodus though. And I found this to be true, especially with, with watching, more and more movies over time and, and like really learning to love villains is that you have to kind of like your villain yeah. to really make him your number one. Right. That's why you like Hans Gruber. Yeah. You love the, what's his name? Uh, Bill, uh, Bill, Bill, Bill Clay. Bill Clay. <laughs> yeah. Like that moment is so sweet and yeah. it's like you really, so Hummel, like as you guys know, we fucking love him. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best because he's noble, he's honorable. You're on his side. You don't hate him. You love him. Yeah, but he's still the bad guy. Whereas Commodus is just you fucking. Hate. I was like, I don't ever want to see Joaquin Phoenix in another movie again. Yeah, um, that's why Hummel's number one is because you have to like him a little bit. You want to be on his side. Also, from the, from the point of view of performance, though, like you could argue that the Hummel performance is pretty one dimensional because they don't give him that much rope. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of the same. He's at the. He kind of hits the same note almost the entire movie. It doesn't matter. It's no. like it's so memorable for what it is, and it, he's so good at it. We talk often about how one performance elevates some of these movies that would be somewhat mediocre to like that level where they become classic. Yeah, and it's his performance that does that. Absolutely, it's just like Old Men in Air Force One. And, yeah, right. I mean, fuck, even Bill Pullman in in Independence Day. Yeah, even though he's not a bad guy, he's like the most real part of that whole movie. Yeah, completely agree. So, uh, so yeah, so thesis statement is clearly the same, and we we kind of jumped ahead to. Uh, to villain ranking, so we'll revisit that a little later. Just to anybody who's watching this for the first time, kind of knows where we're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is, yeah, I think that's a truism with this movie. I don't think there's anything else about this movie that stands out more than no. General Hommel. No. So that's the that's the thesis statement. All right, let's uh, let's get into let's get into our boys Connery and Cage. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we've talked about we've talked about Cage here and this part of his career a lot of times, and yeah. it's because. It's really this movie was released on June seventh, nineteen ninety six, and he won the Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas in like February of nineteen ninety six. So this was the next movie that came out. Um, this was literally the next release. This is the this is you just see one of the greatest dramatic performances I've still ever seen to this day. And then he goes and does the Rock, <laughs> the Rock, which is like amazing for what it is but it's like if you're if you're like nick cage that guy really sold me he's really just like class act with his acting and his choices can't wait like if you if you had to equate nick cage you know he had been the guy like it would be sort of like 
he's going to be the next Marlon Brando. I'm trying to think of like, okay, he wins the Oscar in 95 after a solid like 10 years of movies and, mm-hmm. and every all kinds of stuff from Raising Arizona to Moonstruck to like Red Rock West. He could do basically everything. Yeah, he was, you know, he's related to Francis Ford Coppola, so he was in the, he was in the business. Everybody kind of knew who he was. I think his earliest credit is he's uncredited in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. He doesn't have any speaking lines. Mm-hmm. But like he was in all kinds of stuff. So if you think about somebody today who was to win an Oscar for a role like Leaving Las Vegas, 10 years into their career, it would be, it would be somebody like if a Gosling was to win an Oscar today. Yeah. Or somebody who's kind of on that level where mm-hmm. they've, they've really been at it for quite a while. For a decade, we've known who they are. And, you know, now in their 30s, it's like, okay, he can do everything. He can literally do anything he wants, and then this is the path that he chooses. But then it would be, like, as if after Gosling wins the Oscar, like, his next movie that comes out is, like... It wouldn't be as good as Drive. No. It would be, like... It would be, like, uh... It would be a fucking Michael Bay movie. It would be, like, 13 Hours in Benghazi. What if he was John Krasinski instead of John Krasinski, (laughs) and he had just won the Oscar, and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, but the the beauty is that The Rock was reviewed really well. So, like, as an action movie, this movie's regarded well. But then, on top of that, on top of, like... Because there's three movies prior listed are Leaving Las Vegas, 95, Kiss of Death in 95, which is, like, kind of an action movie, Uh and then Trapped in Paradise in 94, which I never saw, but... If you had done, so it would be like if he did 13 hours and then he did two movies that were not as good as 13 hours. Right. But like, were just like still hits, like still super entertaining. Okay, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Like movies that were directed by like, I'm just trying to think like who just the giant commercial directors are, but. I was I would say a Tony Scott movie, except that Tony Scott's not around anymore. Right. But yeah, it would be like a love. It would be like doing Unstoppable and doing like a Fuqua. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. There you go. Like Your the, boy. The Equalizer. Yeah. He does like those three subsequently, and everybody's just like, "Huh, he's sweet in all these movies, and they're all entertaining, and I'll definitely see him because I love Ryan Gosling, and he's legit." And and the, the Fuqua's made some decent movies. Yeah. So and then Training Day. Yeah. It's it's like Southpaw or something like that. Yeah. And then. But then at the end of the three of the three movie runs, like two years after he's won the Oscar now, and you're looking around and you're like, God, what the hell happened to Ryan Gosling? Right. When, didn't he just win an Oscar for playing like a struggling alcoholic with autism or something? Yeah, but in this one, he's uh, he's a, a soldier. <laughs> yeah. So it's cool. <laughs> he's just a soldier. <laughs> he's just frazzled. Was, yeah. So I think that's super funny. That's like the ultimate question mark with Nick Cage's career. And that's why we, we said this before, but the five-year run from Leaving Las Vegas through Gone in 60 Seconds in 2000 is like... Is just legendary. It is is incredible. Really quick, I want to interject because our fans had a quick question about the uh, the assault on the VX gas warehouse in the beginning. Yeah, it's all non lethal force. Well, except for when they like shoot the dart into the guy that falls through the window. Yeah, and he like falls like <laughs> three stories onto concrete. Yeah. That guy might have died. He might have died. But yeah. for the most part, it's supposed to be non lethal force. Uh-huh. The only guy that that you know dies for sure is the poor bastard yeah. that gets caught in the chamber. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Clear out. Yeah. Get him out! Get him out of here! Oh, so gnarly. I love that Hummel comes up and he just sees it, and it's, he's just like, let's move out. He, like, nods. He or knows. Something. Yeah. He's seen a lot of death in his days. Yeah, of course. He knows. He knows about collateral damage. Um, so, yeah, it is non-lethal force. And one of the fist pump moments that I guess we didn't get to talk about, but uh, we're talking about maybe doing a watch-along. I don't know. If you guys in the chat want us to do a watch-along with this movie, let us know. because We will not shut up. Yeah. Just, just a heads up. But it's going to be two hours of you guys saying, fuck yeah! Yes, fuck yeah. exactly. So if that's what you want to do, let us know. We will definitely do a watch-along with you guys. But there is a shot in that scene that is, I mean, as well as obviously the guy's face burning off, which is memorable. Uh, they- 
But it's the guy. It's the guy when the, with the two soldiers are walking up, and the, and the dude with the two train he guns, like creeps up the wall. He like he like pops up in the screen with like super white <laughs> eyes, really really white eyes. Yeah, and he's like full camoed out, and he's like boop boop, and like shoots the guys with the can- with the uh, the train guns. Like that's always been a memory oh, in my sticks mind. Sticks out. But I, I every time I say it, yeah. I really think it'd be sweeter if he let them walk past and you shot them both in the back. Yeah, would but it wouldn't have been as impactful. It, I don't know. They were being aggressive. They were. That was they the were strike. being aggressive. That was the strike. All right, uh, so Mr. Connery, this is an interesting time in his career. It's like he's not quite faded away, yeah, but you don't really care about him anymore. Because I'd okay, so really quick, the three movies beforehand were Dragonheart in '96, First yep. Night in '95, and Just Cause in '95. And I've seen Dragonheart in First Night. He plays King Arthur in First Night. Yep. Uh, and that has Richard Gere in it. Yep. It's not very good. No, it's it's not. not horrible, but I also saw it when I was like 12. Not to be confused with A Knight's Tale. Uh, <laughs> Which with Heath Ledger is phenomenal. Like, written, that's a good film. Written by Brian Helgeland. Uh, <laughs> Paul Bettany. Yeah. Heath Ledger. Um, I mean, this is, this is kind of, this is kind of before he goes into, I mean, he does Finding Forrester after this still. He's like, he's like yep. around for like four or five more years, and then he just kind of falls off, right? Well, because so, so the trajectory with, with Connery's career is, is basically the, the Bond stuff is what made him. And, right. And that's in the 60s. Um, by the 70s, it's like he's in a bunch of stuff over the years, but he sort of never really quite regains the momentum of playing James Bond. No. So, and then in the late 80s, like he had been a respected actor and a name and like in all kinds of stuff. His two huge credits in the late '80s are he wins the Oscar for The Untouchables for supporting oh, actor, right. yeah, and that's '87. Did you like I that picture say. I pulled? It's a very good picture. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to say that's '87, '87 or '90, but he wins the Oscar for that. That was a big deal, yeah, because um, it was like it really capped a huge career for the guy. And then he's in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is one of his most memorable roles for a lot of people from this generation, yes, or the middle generation, I guess, because the '60s Bond is like classic. But, I mean, if you're somebody who's our age, those were movies that were way in the past. Right. If you're someone who's our age and you were like us growing up, you would seek out those movies. Yeah. But you'd only see a few of them on TV, rarely. But you got to think about kids now, especially millennials. Yeah. They can't. It's just going to be too boring for them. Even, like, Daniel Craig, James Bond, it was 2006. So, like, they're, you know, you have to trust. Like, well, the first one was. I mean, that's the the bond that a millennial would know. Yeah, the Connery Connery to them is Brosnan. It's got to be. Yeah, because Connery, his movies are so old. They're also very dated. They're fun to watch. They're old movies. So, anyway, uh, when he finally played Last Crusade, that's, like, that was a very, very iconic and memorable role for a lot of people. Um, Someone just mentioned Entrapment. You're playing both (laughs) sides. And then there is Finding Forrester, which is actually quite a, a bad good movie. movie. It's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, I like Finding Forrester. But so this this was definitely he got to kind of be an action hero in this movie, yeah, which is cool because like he was like in his sixties, I think. Yeah, you kind of because I remember uh, the Avengers. He's the bad guy in it. And he like wears ninety seven. Like yeah, it's like extraordinary gentleman. That movie's sweet. That was that was actually really liked him doing that again. And that's like 03 or 04, probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 definitely the end of it. Right? He dies in the Avengers. I think it's like the only time I've ever seen Sean Connery die. Really? Yeah. Hey, Donica, can you check what year the man who would be king is from? Is that like I feel like that's like 1990 maybe. Yeah, it's got to be way earlier. Yeah, but that was a big one. Oh, Last King of Scotland, you mean? Nope, <laughs> not not that one. I think he won the Oscar for that. <laughs> Man, it would be king was seventy five. Oh, Jesus, five. Yeah, so that's good. So that's one of those movies where he was. That's like a, a, a well liked movie where mm-hmm. he's sort of establishing himself in the post James like, Bond era. I'm not era. Bond anymore. I can actually act because that's like him and Michael Caine. I think um, sounds right. Yeah. So anyway, but uh, so Connery, it's, it's definitely a funny pairing. And uh, I actually read that when they were thinking of casting Cage, Connery signed on once that he found out that Cage had been cast. But before Connery, 
Um, Schwarzenegger was considered for the Connery role. Oh, my role. God. Uh, and he, Welcome to The Rock. He turned it down. He turned it down because at the point that he was offered the role, it was, the script was only 80 pages and like a bunch of handwritten stuff. Right. And so he didn't, th- he didn't want to get involved. And he's, he's since stated that he wishes he had taken the role. I am so glad Arnold isn't in this movie. I don't know like what they would have, how they would have even done it if Schwarzenegger was was Mason. Like, yeah. How does that even work? You it wouldn't just, even like, work. Yeah, yeah, I guess you just have to change the script drastically. Like, drastically. Like, I don't know how this movie works if it's... Well, great. You let us into a room with no way out. You just rip <laughs> off the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something like that. They're like, like, ah, I knew it. Mason fucked us. And he and he opens the door. And instead of saying, welcome to the rock, he's like, this captain minister. Does he always, <laughs> does he always travel on the wrong side of the border? Um, <laughs> Carl, no. Wrong movie. Um, he oh, also... Schwarz- stick around. Yeah. Schwarzenegger was also considered for the role of Stanley Goodspeed. Uh, later, just cut me some freaking slack. <laughs> yeah. I'm a beetle maniac. Yeah, chemical super freak. Yeah, I drive a Volvo, a beige one, a beige one. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's really good. All right, all right. Let's get into how this movie got made. Um, well, actually, you were just talking about the writing. Yeah. So this is another one of those '90s movies where Quentin Tarantino is an uncredited writer. Mm-hmm. Same with with Crimson Tide. So yeah, Tarantino, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, Sorkin. Sorkin's, yeah. So there was, there was, I guess there was, an, there was a whole entire there was a whole entire issue with the writing on this movie. Something to do with the guild and like guidelines, essentially for who is able to be credited. Right. I mean, it's like you, fifty percent of what you wrote has to stay in the script in order for you. You know, like yeah. Connery ended up bringing in a writer of his own to rewrite his lines, which like, he didn't do. No, it was like a very big, big debacle. There's like six or seven writers who were involved in this movie. David Weisberg and Douglas S. Cook are the guys that are actually credited as having written the movie. Um, but ultimately, it's just one of those movies where apparently the script that they shot from was actually like pretty barren regarding comedy. Mm-hmm. A lot of the funny stuff and like the humor in this movie was ad lib during shooting. That's great. Um, and they just made it up. So it's one of those things where Nick Cage has proven that like he is a genius. Like despite what anyone says about his career and what's become of it, Nick Cage is a genius and a phenomenal actor. And one of the things that he does the best is he's not afraid to to take risks of being huge. And like with and as we've mentioned before, I, I do improv and I and I love improv and I think it's a beautiful art, but one of the the base the best, most basic scenes are just having a crazy man and a straight man. Yeah. And Nick Cage is like the ultimate crazy man to Sean Connery's straight man. And and their dynamic together is just fucking funny. It's really good. And he definitely Cage is a, is brilliant in this movie. Like he really is. He's just great. Like he his humor is spot on. <laughs> yeah, he's just funny. Like he just is has a really like a really great comedic way about him in this movie. And he, like that scene when he sits down and he first meets Mason. Yeah, it's he's so like, good. And he's like he like slides it over. He's like you just uh, I know. Right I love that he's like reached like reaching all the way across the desk. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> we just uh, can you get a cup of coffee in here. Yeah. Coffee. Oh no, I'm fine. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Prisoner requests to have the cuffs taken off. Off of my cuffs. Now, come on. Let's get his cuffs taken off. <laughs> well, that's one way that's to go. One way about to go, it. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's he's fantastic in this movie. I mean, like, and I, I just think this everything about this movie is exactly. Let's every- cut the chit chat, a hole. Yeah, sorry. Good. One more. <laughs> everything about this movie and when it was made, the time period, the actors involved, like, it's so fitting of the era. Like, mm-hmm. in the way that Top Gun is exactly what it's supposed to be in 86, like, it is the definition of a mid-80s 
big budget, huge action movie starring Tom Cruise. Like right. every Cruise in his first major action role, and it's directed by Tony Scott. It's Bruckheimer, and it's it's fucking uh, you know F 18s flying around. Like everything about that movie fits eighty six. Yep. In the same way, everything about this, this is, movie, Michael Bay ninety six. Like he had just done Bad Boys. He was a big name. This is the kind of action movie everybody wanted to see. What people wanted to see. People love people being stuck somewhere and having to get out of it. Don Sims and Jerry Bruckheimer. I remember I met the. Uh, uh, Fry, uh, uh, Captain Fry at one point, the guy with the part in his hair. Let's waste these fuckers, that yeah. dude. And I remember asking him, why do you think, why do you think that movies in the mid '90s, like those classic action movies, what was it about them that was so much more special? It doesn't seem like we get that sort of treatment with these original concepts anymore. And he was like, it was because the best actors in the world were willing to do these movies together. That's true. You know, you could get Ed Harris and you could get Nick Cage and you could get Sean Connery and you could put them in this movie. In a ridiculous action movie. Yeah, like it didn't matter. Like you could actually get the best actors in the world. I mean, all three of them have been nominated for Oscars. Two of them have won. And Mm -hmm. the fact that Ed Harris didn't win for the hours is remarkable. I really hope he wins one one day. I hope he hasn't given up on acting because I love Ed Harris so much. And I've told you this story a few times. One of my acting teachers back in college did theater with Ed Harris back in New York. And he said, despite his baby blues, which would fucking pierce you to the soul if you were in a scene with him, when that dude walked in a room, when he walked on stage, and when he delivered his lines, you could just tell he was one of the greatest actors of his time. Yeah. You could just feel it. Just so intense. And <clears throat> and the other thing about movies in the in the 90s, the action movies, about what he was saying, you know, the waste these, let's waste these fuckers. Yeah. Um, they were unapologetic for their genre. Yeah. They just did everything 100% full throttle, and they didn't think about how dumb or how stupid or it, it not being completely uh, cohesive. Yeah. It didn't matter because it was just everyone was in. You were in on it. You bought in on the ride that you were going on. And also the casting in this movie, you're talking about those guys, the ensemble cast of the Marines and the SEALs, Yeah, every single one, of, not every single, like 80% of them went on to have incredibly successful careers. Huge careers. You got Tuco, you got John C. McGinley in there, you got Bokeem, who's, Bokeem ne- Woodbine, who's got blowing up now. David Morse, you got Tony Todd. Like, yeah, like William Forsyth, you got like, um, I mean, yeah, just, just massive. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone that is met, that is prevalent in this movie is good. A veritable plethora of heavy hitters. Just really, really <laughs> great. Uh, yeah, so 100%. And, and, and so uh, with Michael Bay directing this movie, he had been a music video director in the early 90s. And when he did this movie, it was just off the back of Bad Boys, which had been 95. He obviously goes on to have a massive career. Yeah. Uh, and Bad Boys had done very well. This movie did way better. The movie made a ton of money. They both did. Don Simpson died during production on this film. Um, and so this is why this movie is dedicated to him. Mm-hmm. But this is just, it's just the height of that era. People ask, why do we love Tony Scott and Michael Bay so much? Like, even though compared to some of the, the dramatically classic directors we like so much. Right. I mean, it's because of the kind of rope they were given to make these movies. Look at Crimson Tide. It's, mm-hmm. it's like the same thing. Gigantic ensemble cast. Denzel Washington. Gene Hackman. James Gandolfini. Like, top of their game, guys. Just, and just awesome. Giving it everything, mm-hmm. and you know, to me, that is that is what makes those guys. Had they both won an Oscar at that point? I think it had Hackman and Denzel were both best actor, best right. supporting actor. Yeah. Winners, I think. Uh, but uh, anyway, so I, I just think it's an amazing time, and, and this movie is so special and so unique. The Criterion Collection did a release of this film, which is not like them to choose a movie like The Rock, right? And the reason they did it is because this movie was stamped as like an integral piece of this genre, like. The height, like the height of the genre. This at the time. is 
Yes, this is the height of the genre at the time. This yeah. is the number one. This defines all 90s popcorn action movies. This yeah. is what they should all want to be. Yeah, and it's funny because it's not a perfect movie. There's no, like parts of this all. movie that are pretty bad. But that's part of the 90s. Yeah, yeah. it was just big explosions. The, the crazy thing about these movies, these movies is that the more time that passes, we love all of the non-action parts of these movies the most, which is, I think, why Crimson Tide is actually so good. Right. There's no action. You need some action to keep you believing that it's an action movie. Yeah. But again, in this movie, you turned to me yesterday and you're like, it's so weird how the action is the least enjoyable part of this movie. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. It's everything between the action. That's the meat and potatoes of this movie. The action is just like, remember what we're doing? Oh, yeah. you have ADD? Real quick, let's kill a guy. Yeah, the car chase at the beginning goes on too long. Way too long. The fight, like most of the marine fights are just like, all right, get to the next part yeah, where they're like, talking. How are you going to die? And yeah. what are we going to say that's funny? Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, speaking of Michael Bay, though, and, and where he was at, let's. do you want to do a quick top five? Want to do a top five Michael Bay movies? Top five Michael Bay movies? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, um, all right. Okay. Okay. We got, okay, we got okay, them all. Okay. I think we have them all listed here, right? Uh, yeah, just from the prep for the director. Okay, so let's go backwards. Uh, excuse me. There's no Ninja Turtles on here? Yeah, that is that is way farther down in the list. Oh, oh yeah. my bad. I did not. <laughs> if you want Ninja Turtles, Ben, you can have Ninja Turtles. <laughs> no, we're going to do. We're going to count backwards five to one. Let me just make sure I'm exactly consistent here. I believe I know exactly my list. Uh, I am going to discredit 13 Hours because I haven't seen it. Same. I haven't so seen it either. as good as it may be, it I haven't is heard good things. unfair for me to include that film. I think you're going to hate that I leave Pearl Harbor off my list. I do hate that I know you leave Pearl Harbor off the list. My number five is Bad Boys. Okay. Also my number five. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, bad, bad Boys and Bad Boys 2... Special place in my heart. Very entertaining. We will do them both. I think Bad Boys probably coming up fairly soon. I would guess um, that's kind of a classic piece of the can that we uh, we haven't messed with. But right. um, they're just not as enjoyable for me to watch now. I think in the same way that like Will Smith in Will Smith in Independence Day has suffered. Like it's that whole yeah. There's just something about it. It's, whatever it is, and I think it's a I, like I I would be I would be careful saying it because I don't know Michael Bay personally, but like. There's a quality to the mid '90s and like just sort of like the culture of like hip hop and like just just like the integration of, I guess like it's this it's this like what's like what's the phrase I'm looking for? Because Michael Bay, I mean, he, I'll just I'll say what I think you're trying to say because I'm brown and yeah. maybe it'll be like a less aggressive or something. But Michael Bay has notoriously been racist in his movies. He's just, yeah, it's like he uses he black bring, characters he, yeah. as, as like total comic relief just being like loud and crazy and saying right. wild exactly. shit. Exactly. And like in the 90s we were much more forgiving as an audience because of what you're talking about, hip hop being integrated into film and like who who are the big like action movie or entertaining people yeah. were at the time. They were much bigger personalities in, in a different way I guess. Yeah. I don't know, again, this is a very sensitive subject and I don't want to say something like put my foot in my mouth but I mean, look at Transformers 2 yeah. with those two robots. Yeah. You know, it's like so he ridiculous. has that thing in all of his movies. It happens in this movie a lot. A lot, yeah, yeah. It, completely. And so, I, but I think that there was just some quality like when they made Bad Boys, it's like, this, Martin Lawrence was a stand-up comic I believe at the time mm -hmm. and Will Smith had been very like, I mean, Fresh Prince of Bel Air was just classic that exactly. So it's he like, plays that character in different scenarios in this movie or in that movie and in uh, Independence Day. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like all his all his lines in Independence Day. You know, he's like I ate or like right. You like, could put like yeah, you could put an I ate at the end of every sentence that yeah. he says, and it's just 
it's not that it's bad, but it's like when I try to watch it today, I find it harder to stomach. I don't laugh as much. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is just kind of dumb and uncomfortable. It's not very it's just smart. Too, it's just too over the top. It doesn't ground itself in reality, and you need that. Yeah. So that's the reason for me that Bad Boys falls low and Bad Boys 2 doesn't make my list. Yeah, same. Um, but again, they, as, as time capsules, like we will cover Bad Boys eventually because I do like the movie. Um. <laughs> So people are talking about the action scenes in the movie. And don't get us wrong. We're not saying that the action in this movie isn't good. Yeah. The action in this movie is great. The car chase is super fun, and it's really enjoyable. It does go a little long. I don't care what anybody says. Um, It's still a good action scene. All the action scenes in this movie are phenomenal. It's just those action scenes are so good because of the buildup and the aftermath of the actors talking about it and dealing with it and living in that situation. And like, a, and like a lot of the resolution you get in the conversations after, like you just get more of what you really want, which is just these actors being awesome and having yeah. these dramatic interactions and Hummel. Exactly. Um, number four, what do you got? Number four, I have Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I, I thought you would. Uh, I believe I have, I have the island. You put the island in your top five. I love the island. Do you really? I really love because it. Because Scarlett Johansson looks so hot in the white. such a bad actress oh. <laughs> in that movie. She's so atrocious. But I have, a, there's a soft spot in my heart for the island. And The island is oddly compelling. It is oddly compelling. <laughs> the music in it is phenomenal. It's super engaging and <laughs> interesting. Steve Buscemi in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. gets capped. Yeah. Um, there's, there's this thing that me and my buddies used to do in college when we would be wasted and we would turn on one of our favorite movies and we would refer to the part that we would want to watch yeah. when you were wasted as the island. Oh, and 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 we don't really know why that happened. Uh, I think it might have been because of that shot in the movie The Island where she's like, there's like the music playing, and she's like, there's like standing on a hill, like looking, yeah. And it's just like it's just cool. But for some reason, in college, we would we'd be like, oh yeah, uh, go turn on Lord of the Rings, two towers, go to the island, and the, and you know, and that would be like the beginning of the battle <laughs> at, at the end. Yeah, Helm's Deep. Yeah, Helm's Deep, exactly. Right. So every movie that we had, there was an island in it. Ah. And that, for me, that is why The Island is number four. It is a fun movie, but more so than anything, it like has a nostalgic yeah. part for me. And we're coming up on it, too. That takes place in 2019. Yeah. yeah. The reason I put, included Pearl Harbor, if anybody thinks I'm a complete moron, he is, is. <laughs> because I have a soft spot for Pearl Harbor. There's one hour of good movie within that movie. And it's like four hours long. It's very long. <laughs> and uh, it's the acting is bad in general. The, the action is sweet. Alec Baldwin shows up. You know, I love Alec Baldwin. I know you do. Um, the women in the movie are very attractive. I believe Kate Beckinsale is the woman. She's gorgeous. She's very attractive. Yes. Uh, that, I just enjoy that movie. I think that movie's better than most people give it credit for. It, it's not a bad movie. It has a lot of bad in it, but I still enjoy that movie a lot. All right. Um, my number three is Transformers, the first one. I put Armageddon. Okay. Yeah, which I believe I exactly know what the next choices are going to be. What is your number two, then? Transformers. Oh, you put it above Armageddon. Yeah. See, I put Armageddon in front of Transformers. Yeah, put it at two. I did originally. The the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I really love Armageddon. However, I love the first Transformers movies with a passion. Absolutely. And and to be honest, the only reason I put Armageddon ahead of Transformers... Was because you thought I'd yell at you so much? I thought you'd yell at me. (laughs) I thought the audience would yell at me. And I also think that... Roka would yell at you? Like, in general... (laughs) People love Armageddon. Like, it is yeah. one of the greatest 90s movies out yeah, there. Right. <clears throat> That's the only... Because no one is like, oh, Transformers one of the greatest movies that came out in 2010. A lot of people like, kind of throw shade at that movie. They don't yeah. like it because the sequels have all been so bad. Yeah, but the first one is fucking awesome. The first one's great. The highlights of Transformers 1. Quick, quick moments. There's, like... Megan s- Fox. Megan Fox. Megan Fox is smoking. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> is, at, like, the peak of his powers as, like, a teen star before, like, going like, nuts. Frazzled and hilarious. He's yeah. really funny. She's smoking hot. The, the robots look awesome. 
um, the voices a, of, of the ro- or of Optimus Prime was so sweet. There's a bunch of lines in that first movie that are lifted from the animated movie from 1986, yeah. which is like one of my favorites. And um, the first time you heard the sound and watched the robots transform, yeah. was like. It looked amazing. The song Before It's Too Late by the Goo Goo Dolls, which is one of my all-time favorite songs, yep. is from that soundtrack. And, like, the teen romance aspect of the two of them together is great in that movie. It really is. It's, like, totally, like, where you, where you would, like, watch a show like The O.C. and you'd be, like, embarrassed to really love it. That same quality. You're just talking about your life right yep, now? 100%. <laughs> that same quality is in Transformers, and I love that You movie. need to take your OC copies away from my house. You need anytime, to... <laughs> anytime a girl comes over, she's like, why do you have the OC? I'm like, they're Ben's. They're my buddy Ben's. Yeah, he's doing this on air to prove a point, but they're definitely Andrew's. They're so. not mine. <laughs> and then number one is obvious. It's The Rock. Yeah, The Rock is clearly number one. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Armageddon. Not to gloss over Armageddon. It's fucking sweet. It's just that I don't like it as much as... as uh... If I was being true to myself, it would have been the, it would have been that. Armageddon would have been three instead yeah. of two. Well, maybe you should be true to yourself. More. I really should. More um, of the time. Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, we've talked about them a lot on this show on different episodes. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, they're like the greatest duo of action movie producers t- to ever exist. Yeah, they're from kind of a different era for the most part. The Pirates of the Caribbean franchise was very successful in this day and age. But back in the day, yeah, the Beverly Hills Cop franchise, all the movies we're talking about here from Top Gun, The Rock, Armageddon. What are people talking about? <laughs> they making fun of what? It's just Hearst. All Hearst said is just, yeah, comma, Pearl Harbor is real bad, period. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Love you, Hurst. Happy 50th. Happy 50th. Uh, all right, let's let's move into critical and box office. This is exciting. Yeah. This is like this was this was that this is what sparked Nick Cage's demise essentially in action movies. Yeah. Is uh, okay. So Buena Vista made this movie for seventy five million dollars, which isn't bad. Uh, opened June seventh in ninety six. Great summer blockbuster. Day after my birthday. There you go. One hundred and thirty four million domestic, two hundred million worldwide for a grand total of three hundred and thirty five million dollars. Um, awesome. You're going to almost, what is it, quintuple your budget? Almost? Yeah. $335 million and it opened at $25 million. This was like, yeah, we took a risk. We took all these huge actors in a Michael Bay film, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Everyone loves it. And I think that the biggest name at the time was Connery, right? Like, that was, uh, the, that was like the top line, because like Ed Harris had just been really big in... in uh, it was Apollo 13, right? That was like the year before this? Yeah. It's tough to say, because it's always really hard... Because people get so biased by someone winning an Academy Award. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, Nick Cage won an Academy Award. I'm going to watch all of his movies now. Yeah, right. You know? I, I think I think for the sake of bankrolling that that money and, and really trusting that this movie was going to be able to make the money back, I think if, they, if Connery hadn't been on board, I think it would have been hard, which is why somebody yeah. like Schwarzenegger is the other guy they're looking at. Yeah, yeah. But... Cause I, and I think as it went then, very quickly, Cage became the guy. Yeah, because Cage is on his way up. He's, like, proving himself. These other guys that we're talking about, they've already got legacies. They're already legends. Yeah, exactly. Because Cage, he didn't have the action credits yet. He no. had the dramatic credits and, mm-hmm. and the quirky credits. Because things like Kiss of Death, they were movies, but like or, like, Flyboys. Like, these are movies that just people didn't really see. Right. Um, and this is his first... Like action role, like, yeah. As the leading action man, this is this is Keanu Reeves' Point Break. That's this right. Is, uh, That's right. Who uh, who? Uh, anyway. uh, Hannah. <laughs> so, uh, IMDb seven point four, great. Um, and then Rotten Tomatoes, it does follow our our formula here: sixty six percent all critics, fifty nine percent top critics, and an eighty six percent by the audience. Uh, I read this is the only movie certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes that Michael Bay's ever directed. I would one hundred percent believe that. Yeah. There's nothing else that's even close. Yeah, well, you'd think that maybe thirteen hours would have, would have gotten certified fresh because yeah, people liked people, it. Did they though? Didn't didn't like the initial audience like really like it, and then everyone else was just like, "Nah, that thing sucked. This movie's not good." Yeah, maybe <clears throat> I don't know. Um, 
I think we should probably queue up the ultimate action scene. We here. should. I didn't pull. Uh, we usually do reviews. Yeah, we don't need that shit. <laughs> we already yeah. know how we feel about this movie. Um, yeah, we're gonna queue up the most memorable scene so, in the entire movie. So this is a f- like a five minute clip, audience. So bear with us. We're gonna talk over it. We're gonna all gonna watch it together. This is the shower room. This is it. Let's do it. I want to use a mirror to cut the beam. Cut the beam. Send it back to it. Send the beam back to its source. Then I'm gonna move the prism. They've jiggled the prism. We own them. Yeah. Little did you know. Tuco's top knot. That that should be my fantasy football team name next year. Tuco's Tuco's top knot. Well, our buddy Alex has. uh, He he does. He names all of his fantasy football team names after Mm -hmm. lines from this movie. So the first one was. uh, Well, I know there was a gun in a wetsuit. Gun in a wetsuit. There was glass or plastic. There was stand down captain. Oh yeah. (laughs) uh, uh, I feel like I had one that was named after this movie. Acts of lunacy. Acts of lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I had one that was named after this movie at one point. I can't remember. Yeah, you did. But my I still think my greatest name of all time is Danny Amatolja. <laughs> that was a good one. Amatolja twice. My greatest is Team Ticklish Cage. Mm. <laughs> Picture of Peggy Sue. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> or when I also, when I tried to phonetically spell out, oh, it's just that easy. Oh, it's just that easy. <laughs> the year that I took Cordero. Cordero, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We're dead. Oh, fuck. Easily the most memorable scene as a kid. Oh, definitely. Without question. This is General Hummel. Drop your weapons. Drop them! Anderson here, General Hummel. Commander. Commander. Team leader. Commander Anderson, if you have any concern for the lives of your men, you will order them to safety their weapons and place them on the deck. This is not happening. Oof. Sir. The commentary makes it so much better. I know, right? God knows I agree with you. But like you, I swore to defend Look at his look, man. I can't even talk over it. I don't want to. And domestic. General, we've spilled the same blood. It's the same mud. You know goddamn well I can't. We're dead. We're dead. That's the guy I want on my team. That's helpful. I'm not going to ask again. Don't do anything stupid. No one has to die here. Man, following the general, you're under oath as United States Marine. Did you have forget you ever that? that? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Nucci, is that that guy's name? Danny Nucci? Danny, Danny Nucci. Nucci, yeah. But that doesn't give you the right to mutiny. You call it what you want. We're up here. We're up here. You're walking to the wrong goddamn room, Commander. Oh, that's the best line. Back. That's the best line in the movie. Men to safety, their weapons, drop them on the deck. I cannot give that order. I am not going to repeat that order. I cannot give that order. God. What the hell is wrong with you, man? Let's waste these fuckers. Oh, my God. Let's waste these fuckers. There it is. And then everyone dies. Ah! He doesn't want doesn't anyone want to die him. ever. He doesn't want to spill any blood. Oh, God, he's, he's so, so noble. good. I love my dad, but I wish he was my dad also. I, <laughs> I didn't have one. <laughs> I wish I had two dads. <laughs> what? <laughs> love you, Mom. Oh. Let go of me. Let go of me. Oh. Hans Zimmer is such a gangster. Such a gangster. Where's the Michael Bean shot? It's next. Let go of me. Let go of me. 
Yeah, it's next. Don't go. Oh, because he sees it right now. Yeah. And then he's crawling. They try. That's it. Ah! And then his money, like, I just killed people. They just show Tony Todd just being evil. And then it's it's Fucker's guy, yeah. One shot. One kill. Fucker's guy. There you go. All right. Cut it. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. That is one of the great scenes in the history of action movies. It really yeah, I'd is. I'd say movies in general. I'm like, That's yeah. such a good I'm like scene. adrenaline pumped right now. Yeah. That scene gets me every time because... Every time. And as a kid, I just... There's just no scene in this movie that stood... That stuck with me more. No. Yeah. That was just... That was the scene. So uh, we we are getting... We're pushing time here, guys. So we should, we should keep going. Um, uh, that is amazing. And if you have any thoughts on your favorite action scene, I, I, it would be hard. Oh, God. I love our fans so much. They're just... They... Ah! They're they just as excited as we are about yeah. that scene. Yeah, you can't, you, there's no way to not be that excited. Yeah. Um, favorite line? Favorite line? It's it's that. Oh, it's, that's, that's yours? It's got to You're down there. We're up here. You walk in there. Wrong goddamn room, Commander. That's so... Okay, that is probably my favorite line. However, thinking about it, and I think you know where I'm going to go with this, because I give speeches at the beginning of our fantasy football league oh, yeah, every yeah. year. You do. And I usually steal lines from my favorite movies for those speeches. And the very first one... I use Michael Bean's line from when he's prepping he's prepping the Marines. Yep. Um, and he's like, We see green smoke and we wait for the cavalry. Make no mistake about it, gentlemen, you were in for the fight of your lives. Yes. Against probably one of the greatest Vietnam battalion commanders in the history of the war, I shit you not. Yeah. Which is just to me like that's like the great It's like it's you really I mean you've already gotten the villain qualifier so many times, yeah. but it's like Everyone knows General Hummel. Ugh. Everyone knows. That's my favorite. Make no mistake about it, gentlemen. You were for the fight of your lives. <sighs> so good. There's also, there's also though, when Hummel is addressing the troops, like I said, there's the line I mentioned earlier, and I also love when he's like, make no mistake about it, gentlemen. You were now in harm's way. Yep. Yeah. Another yep. line I've stolen for one of my speeches. Absolutely. <laughs> steal a lot from this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Good place to steal from. Uh, so we already addressed who the top villain all time is. And yeah, and, we're, and like we are, since we are running short on time, we'll just skip that. We'll do heroes. Uh so I ranked both. Did you rank both? Also? I ranked both, and I had to actually. If you look at the list closely, there's some there's some misnumbers at the end because I had to skip because we both had Mason so high and Goodspeed oh, so low. Gotcha. So I had to, I, I had pulled a few out like in the 40s, but so you put Mason at 14. It looks like. Yep. Looks like you put him just ahead of uh, I'm blind. That's John Rambo from First Blood Part Two. Oh, you yep. put him just ahead of Rambo. Put, put him Blood ahead Part of Part Rambo. There's just something about him. He's just more real to me, I'm even rigged. though he's still ridiculous. I put Mason looks like just ahead of Brendan Conlon. Yeah, you um, have him at twelve. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's pretty fair for both of us. Goodspeed is one of these interesting ones because it's not like he's a great hero. But he's, he's not a badass. But he's but so memorable is the thing that he just he has to rank higher than some of these characters who that are on the list like just because they're cool. Right. Like so, for instance, I have him just ahead of or just behind Mike Banning from Olympus Has Fallen. Same. Both Mike Bannings actually for Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, and Banning just does more as a badass. Like he just had, but but like Goodspeed still deserves to be on the list. So I think I have him ahead of Rock Tansky from Fury Road because like yeah. Rock Tansky's sweet but like he just doesn't do much same with John Spartan from Demolition Man like do I is do I have Joe from Looper up there or is he right after him he might be right after him which I might now. fix because I do love Joe from Looper yeah he's a good character he is um, so that is our heroes list if you guys want the full list where can we do we even have these full lists posted anywhere no we don't like we can yeah we should probably let's like do that on the Twitter maybe we should like try to have them like them live there pinned or something like that um, alright let's get into let's get into the movie rankings which I love because it's always super awesome to pull the t- the first 15 movies 
it's so hard too to like we haven't done one of this high in a while no um i really struggled i really struggled with this um point break is my all-time favorite movie but when we're going off the basis of action movies and it's the combination of favorite and greatest yeah for me like t2 is the greatest action movie of all time it just is point break Break is your favorite and it's also phenomenal like the movie when i was thinking about the action stuff and and what's aged the action in that movie hasn't aged at all the action that was great all all the chasing all the fighting like that shit was fantastic Warrior, like, I cannot make a case to put this movie ahead of Warrior. I can't do I it. I know. I couldn't either. And I, I honestly, I kept putting The Rock in The Matrix. I switched them, like, six times. Yeah. I just, so for me, like, Aliens, The Matrix, Live, I Repeat, love those movies. I just can't justify. But it's this is, like, the same thing as the villains thing. And that top four, I mean, for God's sakes, on my I end. Know. T2, Point Break, Warrior, The Rock, Aliens. Like, yeah, and mine are Gladiator, Warrior, The Rock, and The Matrix. Yeah, that's, like... And, and aliens at five. And aliens, yeah, yeah. That's just like unbelievable. Just like yeah. And and the other thing is, is that this movie on both of our top fives, other than Point Break for you, because you has such a, a close like hitting home. Yeah, it's the only movie that's that type in mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gladiator, total action drama. Warrior, total action drama. And it's they're all like driven by Academy Award winning winning performances or like nominated performances. Yeah. And you got The Matrix, which is like the most innovative movie innovative movie of its time. Yeah. And then Aliens. Yep. You know, like The Rock is not like those movies. Yeah, I'm a little softer on point break, but yeah, <clears throat> agreed. And then yeah, T two. I still can't believe T two is so low for you. Where is it? It looks like you have T two at number eleven. Yeah, well, Dan- Terminator two behind Looper. That's insanity. Well, Looper's insane, man. Yeah. <laughs> it came on the other day at work, and I just stopped being a good good at my job. Yeah, I just had to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, should we? So we're not going to do a recast this week. We're going to do something a little different. Yeah, I think because it's a little weird. We, we what we want to do is basically we, we alluded to this, mm-hmm. and it's it's the fact that all of those Marines have had pretty like not Marines, the mercenaries. They've yeah. all had like pretty relevant careers, and so we were talking about ranking their careers, but we weren't thinking about ranking their deaths. Yeah, it was a I can't remember who it was in in the chat, and I apologize. I would love to shout you out. Might have been Jonas. I'm not sure. Um, he was like, well, are you guys going to rank the Marines' deaths? Or, or what do you guys think about the Marines' deaths in chat? And I was like, oh, that's so much better than what we were going to do. So, well, well, I think we're going to just collectively discuss it on air. Yeah, we'll collectively discuss it. And, and these are the people I'm going to nominate, and you let me know how you feel about them. Okay. Um, Shit weasel. Uh, actually, fry. no, no, yeah. Let's just, let's just do the mercenaries. So, Captain, for me, for my money... You'd have to make a strong argument that Captain Fry doesn't have the best death. Oh, his is so gnarly. Because he gets the VX gas ball stuck Shh, in his mouth. And he, he yeah. like spews it up. Yeah. That's the best. It has to be, right? Yeah, and, of the mercenaries. And of the and they, they nominated two mercenaries by actions in this movie to be like the shittiest of the bunch. Right, and, and the other one is the Rocket Man. Yeah, yeah, it's Tony Todd. Those are the guys that like are like the biggest like assholes because they have the two shots in the in the shower room scene. Yeah. Let's waste these fuckers in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're, and, they're, and they came together. They're clearly like, yeah. they're the bad guys. They're yeah. the actual bad guys. Right, right. What about my fucking money? Yeah. yeah. So his Rocket Man death is pretty sweet. I think it would probably be qualify as number two. I mean, because we're, we're discrediting Hummel, right? We don't get to rank his death. No. I, so what I was going to say is that Hummel has the best death out of anyone in the movie. Yeah, definitely. Hummel's, and that seems great. That oh, seems so fantastic. good. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say I would say it's it goes Fry, um, Tony Todd's character. Right, because it, the Rocket Man thing is like kind of cool, yeah. but then he gets dropped on the fence on pike, the and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, I guess like does David Morse have like the next best death? 
Uh, his is cool. It's good, but it's like not even. It's so overshadowed by Hummel. Yeah. Even when he's dying, he still outacts everyone on the screen. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think like who who because so the other the other Marines that matter like McGinley's death is fine. This is whatever. The, the guy that's like twitching is is a good one too. Oh yeah, yeah, the guy because he gets the Can thing. Make that stop. Yeah, he's already dead. Do you want me to kill him again? Yeah, <laughs> I drove a Volvo, a beige one. <laughs> you friggin' slack. Um. What else? What else is a good one? Is that pretty much? Well, you have yeah. So you have the air conditioner falls on the dude and his foot's twitching. Yeah, but that's after his feet get shot up. Yeah, and it's like you get the like really gross like toes exploding. Yeah, moments. he has a gnarly. He has a gnarly one. McGinley gets lit on fire um, and and is like falling and hanging. Mm-hmm. Uh, you the, have the guy gets tossed over the roof. Is kind of whatever. Right. You well, have the guy that got tossed down in the mine shaft is one of my favorites, just because it's clearly a dummy and you see his leg just kind of go akimbo. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I also like the marine who takes the knife through the neck, and then Connery's like, "You must never hesitate." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I yeah. like that a lot. That's a good death. Um, how does Tuco die? How does he die? He might uh, just get shot or something weird. Yeah, I can't remember because it starts to get like some some of them are just like unceremonious. They yeah. just don't do much with them. They just get killed. There is the guy. <laughs> there is the guy, the bald dude who who's uh, like massive and intimidating. It's like strangle. He like he's the guy like bashes through the wall to get Cage. But then later when he's like clearly beating uh, Mason. He just goes to punch him, and Mason just moves out of the way, and he like hits the wall, and he like immediately is just like immobilized. Yeah, he's just—it's re- <laughs> retarded him. He's like a mer- mercenary. He's like, I can't move. A mercenary that's like a, a recognized like marine. Yeah, it hurt my wrist. And then he dies, and then he just kills him. He like hangs him up with a chain. Yeah, um, yeah. The reason we didn't want to do like a full—the reason we didn't want to do—I know. I guess if you're if you're gonna go with if you're gonna go with ranking deaths. Definitely Michael Bean's death is Anderson. Yeah, because he was he's one I wanted to mention too, but he's not a mercenary. He might actually, next to Fry, be my favorite of yeah, the deaths. For sure. Because the sidearm And then after the Rocket Man, I actually like uh uh Danny Nucci's death. Oh yeah. Just a one shot headshot. And he goes down hanging. Down, yeah. That's good. So the reason we didn't want to do a full recast on this was just because it's so iconic. There's so many relevant characters. You'd either would have to recast three characters. Or you'd have to recast like, like 10 characters. Yeah, exactly. And the characters you'd be recasting, like, who the fuck are you really going to recast is Sean Connery at this point? Yeah. And Cage, we just recast him last week on Gone in 60 Seconds, right? Yeah. It was it two weeks ago? Uh, two weeks two ago. Weeks ago last two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah, so we literally, like, I feel like we just did it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like what we did on this one. And so you guys also, I know, because you guys are what sparked this conversation, get at us. Uh, yeah. Probably not in the live chat anymore, but at AMA Podcast, what are your favorite deaths? Let us know. Yeah, 100%. Um, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to pitch, we're going to pitch two ideas right now. Okay. Um, one of them is a watch along for this movie. Yep. Uh, we can do that next week, either, I think probably instead of an episode, I don't know that we would have time on that day to do all of those things. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, That's not bad. So we could do a pitch of a watch along. Yeah. There's three ideas. So watch along pitch is one. Okay. Idea two is the clip show. This is one we've needed to do because we've done 50 episodes now, so this would be some variation of Drew and I recapping, recounting some of our favorite memories, some of our favorite episodes, some of the movies. Uh, For those of you who are newer watchers, maybe, and you haven't been with us since day one, this is an opportunity for us to throw at you some of what we think are the best episodes, the ones you should go back and check out, great memories. This is something we are definitely going to do at some point. Just not sure if it's going to be next week. The last one is the movie Criminal just came out, and it's getting good reviews, and it looks sweet. It really Um, does, and it's got people that we love in it, cost. Oldman Jones. Yeah, so I believe we'll be doing at least two of these. The only one we might not do is the watch along. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know. I mean, I, those, I think those are the pitches for right now. If you guys do want us to do the watch along, I will be inebriated during it. I promise you that. Yeah, maybe we would schedule it for like a different <clears> time <throat> so we do it at night or like, something. Man, I can make get, it work. I'll get dunk in the middle of the day. <laughs> Drive home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so now that you know what we're talking about, what is this segment called? Oh, yeah, this is called The Pitch. You just wanted to do it. I just really wanted to do it. Uh, okay, I just yeah. really like it. Because I, so yeah. I jumped the gun on you. So Criminal, yeah. Watch Along, or Clip Show? Yeah. And the Clip Show, like I said, the Clip Show and Criminal are both going to be happening probably within the next five weeks. Yeah. It's a question of what we do next week. Um, watching The Rock, it could just be a fun opportunity for us to just do this, except more of it, because we yeah. like it so much. And, and, yeah, exactly. Um, so lastly, there are three action movie categories. Those categories are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Um, totally ridiculous. Movies like... Con Air and Face Off that just are absurd and fall apart and make yep. you laugh and they're very fun to watch but they don't really hold together dramatically. Movies that are totally legitimate are movies like Die Hard, Terminator 2, uh, I think The Matrix is on that list, The Fugitive. Yeah. Movies that really are pretty grounded in drama. They, they hold together really well. They don't make you laugh unintentionally at any point and uh, they're kind of regarded as more classic dramas. Gladiators like that. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, you have legitimately ridiculous or ridiculously legitimate, we call it sometimes. This is like the middle category. These are movies like The Rock, um, yeah. <laughs> Predator. Predator, uh, yeah, Point Break, yeah. Speed. They're just like the, the the middle perfect category, a combination of compelling, dramatic, and some unintentional laughs. And Yeah, like very – I was trying to find unintentional laughs yesterday, and I didn't find many. There's I, definitely a few. There's a few, but for the most part, you just laugh because you like it so much. Yeah, and Cage is Cage, and Cage is Cage. cage like, and, yeah. Some of the unintentional laughs are, are, are moments like "I'm just borrowing your Humvee," yeah, like or, shit like that. Yeah, or like or like the the, the terrible racist humor with the black characters yeah. is really bad, and that's that's like <laughs> he ain't gonna be safe anywhere. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like why is trolley, dude? You don't own that trolley. Yeah, that one <laughs> or like. Um, Another one of the the great unintentional laughs is to what we did earlier, where he's like, "Umak, why am I not surprised? You piece of shit!" Uh, or like how all he needs is just to like stamp a quarter with a chair, and now he can break out of that prison room because he's or interrogation. John Mason. John Anybody who's interested in this, we we have no time to talk about this right now. But there is a theory that gets floated around that in fact mm. John Mason's character is is James Bond, that he's supposed to be James Bond from the 60s Bond franchise because the age matches up and because they talk about 62 and 63. Uh, when George Lazenby stepped in and did the one Bond movie would have been the time, in theory, that he got captured and then he escapes and comes back and does right. more Bond movies. Um, that, that's like a theory. And I think there's whole things written on the internet about this. So look that up. I think if you just look up, like, The Rock, John Mason is... James Bond, yeah. and you'll find it. I read about it. It's, it's funny and kind of interesting. Six or seven people have already said watch along watch in along? live chat. Well, These are our live viewers that want this. People that are taking time out of their day to watch <laughs> us talk. Well, I hope all of you are on Twitter because we're don't we're going to be posting. The we got to do it. We got to do it. Get on Twitter. You got to vote for that watch long for it to happen, guys. At AMA Podcast, you have to do it because uh, well, we need more Twitter followers. Also. We do. We really do. <laughs> we're having a sad time. It's a really sad time. We should ask one of our dads to help us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is episode 50. Yeah, that was episode 50, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, you're amazing. We love this show. We, we love doing it. We've done 50 episodes. Can't wait to do another 50, and and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place. Actually, but if we have to change the time for the watch long, AMA podcast on Twitter, we'll let you know. We'll keep you updated. Thanks, yeah. guys. Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.